Hello and welcome to the Intentional Soul, the home for the highly functioning spiritual types out in the world. It is here that we look at the world and ourselves through the lens of higher consciousness, connecting deeply to who and what we really are. Now, my name is Tom Ross, spiritual teacher, healer, spiritual nonconformist, and I am your host for these conversations. On the Intentional Soul, we hear not only from me, but from people who are living intentionally, openly, and authentically in their world. We'll hear their stories of personal transformation while sharing best practices and tactics to help you get the most out of this game called life. Now, nothing is off limits as we seek to expand ourselves and our awareness and live, ultimately, our most authentic lives. Let's dive in. All right, with us today is Zanzibar Vermiglio. Zanzibar is a friend of mine, full disclosure, uh, skipped college and started managing companies when he was 19 years old. And he's led training programs and companies and for individuals for over 20,000 people. Zanzibar is a man on a mission when it comes to bringing higher conscious thinking to the world and his arena his battleground for this is the business consulting world where he uses the process, his process specifically of reverse engineering, the success of companies using proper thinking as a way to fulfill that mission that he has for people. He believes every person in the world deserves to be inspired by their own light and to have it shine with a vivid display of true inspired purpose. And moreover, he's a no BS business coaching consultant. And he's a dear friend of mine, Zanzibar Z. Welcome to the show. Tom, thanks for having me. It's good to see thanks, you. Thanks, man. That's a, that's a mouthful, but you, sir, are, uh, it produces extraordinary results for people and it produces extraordinary results and uh, results in my own life. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm so excited to have you on. So would you do us a huge favor? Would you mind telling uh, us about yourself, your background, the short version of what, bring, of what brings you to sitting in that seat here today? Uh, I think the, the two things, I'm really lucky to have some wonderful mentors at a young age in my life. Um, I guess I was smart enough to follow some of the people that uh, wanted to play the game of life from higher conscious thought rather than other things. So uh, I've, I've had a string of just amazing mentors uh, throughout my throughout my youth and uh, some, some that continue to to uh, to be there for me even today. So. I think a lot of my journey is guided by people that are smarter than me. Um, and, uh, and thank goodness I was smart enough to listen to their voices along the way. Um, when I, when I was in, uh, when I was in high school, particularly one of my mentors, uh, worked with me a lot on what future looked like and what purpose really was all about. Um, and uh, it guided me away from college. He didn't, it wasn't this, the, the conversations weren't you shouldn't go to college. The conversations were about um, uh, starting to answer some adult questions for myself about who am I and what do I want my life to be about. And uh, it, 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 in the I don't know, kind of the blender of trying to get that all worked out for myself as a senior in high school, 17 years old, uh, it, it didn't seem like uh, more school was was the thing to do next. And so I, uh, I I went away from where I was probably headed toward, which would, would have been to go to University of Michigan and uh, be with my friends there. I, I instead moved to Colorado and uh, uh, tried to find a way for myself in Colorado. Uh, some very, very, very sketchy moments uh, <laughs> trying to carve a life out for myself as a 17 year old kid and uh, and uh, and eventually got picked up um, uh, uh, getting a job at Hughes Aircraft in the Space and Aeronautics Division, which is now called Raytheon. 
uh, and uh, from there started a technology company with some friends of mine. We called it Dream Team Technologies, and uh, we 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 did really well uh, with uh, with our uh, for ourselves and doing that, and for a bunch of our clients. This is back when uh, if you knew how to open a computer and replace. Uh, replace components in the computer that made you a computer genius, uh, <laughs> which is no longer the case. I, I, I was nowhere near the computer genius that uh, that uh, that uh, that I that uh, people might have thought that I was. Um, but uh, but I was uh, very determined and 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 able to problem solve uh, at a very high level. So uh, from there, uh, it, uh, it 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 kind of t- I, t- I took a different track in life um, that uh, that turned out very 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 well. So, by the way, don't sell yourself short because uh, from what I understand, a lot of tech support calls are still as simple as, did you plug it in? So, I think, I think you, may be. You, you probably still may be a genius in computers. It may be. Um, so, that's incredible that you had mentors and, and the ability at such a young age to start deciding, like, what do you want to do with you with yourself? What's the what's the the vision of the future that you see? I mean, I, I would think that, that most people approach college is like, hey, go to this thing and figure out what you like, right? And so, um, and I don't know. Truthfully, I don't know very many people that, that works out that works out well for. Uh, how on earth, like, like what was the what was the process by which you tapped into and and really kind of were able to to if not figure it out at least figure out like what you knew wasn't going to work I don't know. I, this is going to sound strange, but I was doing I was doing writing. I would have I would write in journals a lot. I still do write in journals quite a bit, uh, but uh, kind of open just open consciousness writing uh, helped me a lot. Uh, uh, to try to figure out uh, what direction do should I head in, and and how do you decide for yourself? I remember one month of my life that was a really difficult month. One of the most difficult months of my life was trying to figure was trying to answer some kind of question of what direction do I take and, and who, 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 I wasn't like really trying to answer who do I become in the world? I, I didn't know that I'd become who I am today. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like, Oh, I spent a month figuring it out and I figured it out. And then I chased that. <laughs> it's been more like finding my way through fog um, and trying to intuitively guide myself to find the answers to those questions um, over and over and over. But I remember one month in particular was really tough trying to figure out, well, what's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? And I needed, I, I felt like I had this addiction. I, I was only 19, but mm-hmm. I felt like this addiction, like I need to know what the answer is so that I can do it. And uh, I felt very confused. I felt very uncertain. And uh, I had another mentor that pointed out to me that uncertainty is a very, very powerful state of existence in the world. And that people who chase certainty might be chasing the wrong thing. And I'm very happy for those words. Yeah. Um, and uh, and as I was sorting it out and sorting it out, I stopped trying to chase being certain about things. And the answer started to dawn on me that rather than my looking to divine consciousness or to God or to find an answer for how to live my life, that uh, that uh, it, it sort of it, there wasn't like a dawn on me moment. There was like uh, falling into a habit of seeing myself as an author of something and what I was resisting was like this uncomfortableness of authoring things in the world and authoring mm. my life. If somebody could tell me, yeah, just go work at a wheat field and, you know, uh, uh, write poetry. That's what your life is for. Fine. Wheat fields and poetry. Good. Let's do it. Right. And I was sorting out at the time. Do I want to just kind of open a flower shop and be a florist and have a very kind of 
I'm not going to say small, but have a very um, easy and 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 uh, uh, community organized, like small community and uh, and friends organized life? Or did I want to play for making a, a larger difference? Or did I want to go for something in life? And um, but what came out of that study was not an answer to any of those questions. What came out of it was um, uh, uh, letting go of the resistance to being an author and, and empowering my own voice. And um, I know some other young people that, that have struggled with things like that as well. I, I know a lot of adults that struggle with, uh, but like finding it okay to empower their, to empower their own voice. Um, another thing that came out of it was start. Uh, I, I was really distrustful of my own authoring of something because I, I, I didn't feel like I was reliable for championing I, I, I'm, I'm not, my 19-year-old self wouldn't have said it this way, but looking back right. at my 19-year-old self, the easier way to say it is that I was not reliable for championing what mattered. Um, and so it became a little bit of an exercise like, can I listen for what matters and become a conduit for it? Um, and Would you, uh, would you mind, and I apologize, I want to, sure. because that's something that you've, that you've said for a long time, and uh, I want to just dive in when you say like, listen for what matters. Um, and then, and then, or, or let's say in your business consulting or coaching, it's, it's focus on, on what matters. What is the, what matters? How do I know that I'm tied into that? I, that I'm tied into what matters, man. This is a whole nother conversation uh, that delves del- delves uh, at least uh, hip deep into the game of intuition. And how do you, how do you, ha- how do you steer intuition in a, in a powerful way? This is something that I've only stumbled into in the last 15 years. Yeah. Where a friend of mine told me uh, that uh, that my intuition was really good, and I and I and I told them 15 years ago. Um, her name was Nancy. She lived in she lived in Arizona, and, she, and I told her uh, it's not intuitional. It, it's just logic. How you delve into what really matters in a subject, or to reverse engineer an outcome, you logically orient those things. And she said, I don't think it's logic. And I said, I think it's logic. I just, it's logical, this, 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 and this. And uh, my dad is a serial entrepreneur. He's owned uh, 14, 15 different businesses. And uh, he was wondering about some of the results that I had produced, uh, uh, doubling, quintupling, multiplying by 10, multiplying by 20, some of the, uh, some of the businesses that I had been working with. And he asked me one day after I was into it for about four or five years, he goes, I, you talk at times about reverse engineering value proposition and scalable designs and sales plans, but you know, I, I don't really get it. Um, uh, can you give me an example? And I, I told him a couple of clients I'd worked with and he goes, I still don't really understand. And I was leading a, a call with um, a group of entrepreneurs. I said, just come be on the call. And he says, okay. And my dad was uh, was on this uh, the, this call and uh, a lady had gotten on the phone and wanted uh, uh, to figure out how to get from here to here in her company. And within about uh, uh, 35 minutes, we had built a an unquestionably well-designed scalable architecture for her to get there and um, how to get the, the, the sales to work in exactly the same way. And uh, she was thankful and uh, off to pursue what she wanted to pursue. And I got off the call and I told my dad, so it's like that. You just start with the end in mind, and then you create what would unquestionably create the end. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I get it. But how did you know to do that with her? And I go, I don't understand. You're an entrepreneur. Uh, what do you mean? How did I know? He goes, well, have the thing that you told her to do, have, have you done that before? And I said, well, no, not that particular thing. No. And he said, well, did you read about that somewhere? I said, no, no, I didn't read about it. And he goes, well, then 
you, did you study it or, or did somebody teach you it? I said, no, nobody studied it. And he goes, then how did you start with that and get it there? I understand how you got it now and it's awesome, but where did you go to get it? And that's when I first started dealing with, holy crap, Nancy's right. <laughs> it's a lot of intuition to start to figure out where do you start in an exercise to reverse engineer something. There's a thousand different ways to engineer an outcome. How do you make sure that an outcome is well-designed and inside of the wheelhouse of the people that you're talking to or the strengths of the business that you're working with, you start to, you start to really have to, um, since then, by the way, I've designed and led a bunch of courses on how do you make sure that your intuition is accurate? Because there's different people like Tom, people come to you all the time because they trust your intuition. They know right. that whatever you're going to go find, like, huh, I think blah, blah, blah. Or it seems to me like this is a, when your intuition gets called upon, they get an answer that steers them in, in a way that is uh, wonderful for them. People call on my intuition as well. There's a lot of people I know that I would not call them to find out what they think. I would right. not call upon them for their uh, for their intuition. I just wouldn't. Um, and and vice versa. How, why is that? And where, where does having a, a profound intuitional guidance come from? I would argue that people's intuition is always accurate. However, it is always also being guided by human concerns that are sometimes hidden from view. Yeah, intuition is is deeply fallible and influenceable depending on depending on how tied into like a survival ish perspective or maybe other stuff that like you're you're tied into. Tons of survival into this into this mattering, though. So is mattering. Is it kind of like. Is it kind of like a a resonance between the thing that you the the outcome that you're going for, and uh, and like where you are and whatever the whatever the the thing that I'm focusing on, if it's mattering, is it like resonant with 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 the ultimate outcome? Is that was that how you're 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 experiencing it? Yeah, I mean, okay. If we wanted to take it apart in levels, we, we'd we'd have to we'd have to we'd have to talk for a much longer time. There's an epistemological approach to life where people put together how it is. Hold on, hold on. I got I got to Google epistemological. Uh, it's it's how people put together their reality based on mm-hmm. in a very simple way. It's how people put together their reality based on uh, principles and values. Got um, it. It's not the only way to put together uh, your reality, but then there's an ontological reality to life where we've started to relate to the world the way that it is based on how it's occurred to us. And human beings, whether they like it or not, are actually authoring both of those things. Then you throw on top of that purpose. So now we have an objective or a goal to fulfill, and it goes through principles and values. It goes through the views of life and the struggles and trials and uh, needing to survive and all the things that, uh, that give a human being's view of the world. And you start to be able to see what are some of the layers that coax somebody into the decisions that they make and, and, and the way that they want to live. For my money, when you're dealing with what matters, you're mostly wanting to make sure that, um, uh, you're mostly wanting to make sure that somebody is always in harmony and consistent with what uh, their soul resonates with. And to a large degree, not always depends on the human being and where they've gotten turned sideways, but to a large degree, their epistemology, what, the, what they value, the principles that they have are also in harmony and, you know, not in the same, it, not in the same the epistemology is much more focused but you want what how you steer in the directions to be very much in harmony with those things while then reverse engineering the outcome. Yeah. Um, 
there's a there's even a, a form of therapy out there that uh, this guy Viktor Frankl created. If you've not read the book Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, <laughs> we talk about it often. There's <laughs> logotherapy. Yeah, logotherapy. Uh, talk about it because I've never I've talked about Man's Search for Meaning, you know, probably 25 times. I have never talked about logotherapy specifically. Uh, logotherapy is an entire practice of, psych- of psychiatry, maybe, but for sure, psychology, mm-hmm. uh, where you're coaching people to find directions that matter to them. What he found was that um, when he could like kind of breathe dust off of him, like uh, like uh, uh, reveal to people what really matters to them and have them then purposefully go after what it is that matters to them, that social anxiety disappears largely, that that uh, fear disappears largely, that other uh, mental disorders go away. It's not like those disorders disappear completely, but they're so less, they're so much less powerful that you've, you can free up a human being largely just by making sure they're paying attention to the things that are purposeful for that person. And, you know, it takes asking a few questions and takes a little bit of insight, but it's not, it's, it's an exercise that anybody can perform. You don't even need to be a psychologist to be good at finding that out. You just have to be a pretty good listener and care. So the um, anyway, the, 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 there's this, there's this, uh, there's this game of, 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 of kind of steering the ship in a direction that is, that is the right way to steer a ship for a human, for a human being. Got it. And so, and, and you're navigating essentially by, you know, towards objective and then, and then what matters is, is kind of the, the, the charting the course yeah. and what matters is an intuitive uh, it's, there's an intuitive process and it's, 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 how does it feel uh, to them? How is it feeling to you as the, is the, is the, the coach and it's running through essentially their value systems and their belief structures and, uh, and ideally, you know, what, what resonates with the, with the soul, you know, that they, that they are, is that yeah. what I'm understanding? Totally. And there, and every human being also has lines that they, that they shouldn't cross necessarily. However, in the name of some purposes, they should. So this is now where you get into like, well, what, what is it that really matters? Um, you know, one of my, one of my favorite examples of this, and I work with a, a team of executives on higher levels of this concept, but if you watch the movie Lincoln, there's this amazing Parable. I, I don't know how much of what's in the movie Lincoln actually happened. I know that the 13th Amendment did pass and there, there are certain things about it that are historically accurate. But there's this moment where um, I think the guy's name is Thaddeus Stevens. And I'm trying to I hope I got the name right for your podcast. Uh, sure. but, it's, but it's the guy who's the leader of the abolitionist group. He's the, the abolitionist uh, 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 group to end slavery and um, uh, 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 full African-American franchisement, the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. And um, uh, uh, he and uh, Lincoln are sitting in the larder of the White House, just having a conversation away from the party and just the two guys. And Lincoln's asking him, please don't say all of the things that you intend. Say just we're going this far for the sake of getting the bill to pass, because if you say all those other things, it it inflames people. We can't. We can't we can't we can't go there if we'll lose it. We'll lose this. And and uh, uh, Stephen says to him, "I'll compass points north uh, all of the time, Mr. President. It doesn't choose when it points north um, and like like the like absolute right and wrong. And um, and uh, 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 Lincoln tells him, uh, yeah, you know, compass points north all the time, but there's no recommendation about the comps or the swamps, cliffs and chasms. If you just go <laughs> forward only to sink in a swamp, what's the use in knowing true north? And then Stevens gets up and is played by um, um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. And uh, Tommy Lee Jones gets up there and he's looking around 
And we find out that, you know, he's he's actually secretly married to his housekeeper, um, mm-hmm. who's not his housekeeper. It's his wife. And he can't imagine saying what he's about to say. Like it is such it's crossing lines in his own personal world that he should not cross. And he says that he believes in the equality before the law and nothing more, not equality for God, not equality overall, but just in the eyes of the law, because it's the way that the, the Constitution was written. And he, he basically claims that it's just a legal exigent and nothing else. And it's 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 enough for him to hang himself to say that out loud. But in the name of the purpose, even the own lines that he has for himself to never cross can be crossed in the name of the purpose. And the purpose is get the 13th Amendment to pass. Um, and move and move the ball down the court in the way the ball can be moved down the court. Um, and I'm not saying that human beings have to cross those lines often, but it's an interesting thing. Like how far does, does the purpose push you at times? And then how far does your own uh, principles and values take you at times? And like what to yeah. pay attention to and what, when you're answering the question, what matters you're taking historic relevance into accounts you're taking social mori into accounts you're taking into account what shows up in the world around it so much more comes into play when you're really talking about what matters than just um here's what i value and here's what i'm trying to make happen in the world is there a time uh that you that uh can you can you think of a time where you've been confronted in that particular way where where purpose and 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 what matters you know were at, at conflict and then how do you how do you resolve that because there may be people there may be some people listening who are um in they're looking at their own version of pursuing a thing and they know that, that it violates something and they're in that that decision making process as well what was yours uh one, one that i confront all the time i'm i'm trying to think if i have a really serious one. Um, I mean, we can go, you know, I was, I was, um, well, we'll leave that one away. There's, there's a very, very serious example. If you want to know about that one in a minute, I'm happy to tell you about it. But as a, as a more, as a more uh, pragmatic one, that's uh, more business oriented, uh, what it means to be a great manager is to hold the the future of the people you manage in your hands honorably and to care about that thing. You could say that, um, uh, that the most important thing to a manager is people because people matter. You could say that the whole construct of reality is souls learning and what we're really doing here in the interaction together and that, that people really matter more than what's going on at the company, except, wait a minute, the only reason that people are at a company is to make an objective. The whole, the whole, the whole why there's a relationship to begin with is that we're trying to make something happen together. So right. obviously the purpose of what we're here for is more important than either one of us, except it isn't the, the right. people, <laughs> people are the most important thing, except it isn't purpose or objective or vision is the most important thing, except it is. There's this paradox that sometimes one is more important and sometimes the other is more important, but the truth is neither of them are more important. Both are the most important thing. Um, and a manager that can walk that tightrope and find themselves torn apart in that paradox is a good manager. Got it. So, yeah. And, and so, so they're both the most important. One doesn't really exist without the, without the other. 
And then you're basically just like hoping that they're not conflicting very often. <laughs> and sometimes they do. Sometimes like, well, what do I do around disciplinary action? This person's future matters more. They can't seem to get it together around this. Well, I'm now going to have to be inventive and creative because I'm holding that person's future in my hand. I've got to, I've got to put some system in place that's way further in terms of tight management and reporting and seeing to the success of this person because they can't seem to get their act together in their work ethics to this, this, and this, but I'm committed to them. How far do I go with that? Is everyone's success a matter of my or uh, does do I do I draw the line at lying like that's that's one of those lines I don't like to like if I'm holding their future in my hands I've got to find a way to have a liar stop being a liar that's like the tiger changing its stripes kind of development right how far do I go with that and when do I draw the line and say no enough I'm not going there you're gone goodbye I'm going to hire a new person but for, for a good manager, the, the, answering the question of how inventive can I be to cause the success of the people around me and what structures do I put in place that causes people to level up in my clearing? And then at times, where do I become intolerant, which causes people to level up on their own? At times, where do I become intolerant to allow 60 people to become better and that one person to leave so that 60 people can be better? There are things around that that uh, that'll that'll be a little bit tough. Like it cuts your heart out a little bit to answer the question because there's to no end when you can be caused in the matter of another person's success if you want to be. And at the same time, there are lines that you do have to draw and it's up to every manager to figure out where am I going to draw the line and become intolerant. So 17, moved to Colorado, found your way around, eventually opened a company with some, uh, with some friends, uh, did well. You know, if you're looking at your life, on par from the time that you, you started moving uh, into this intentional, um, this intentional living, Um, which by the way, how old were you when you decided, when you, when you got that piece of advice, you said, I think you said 19 about, about being in the question, you know, of it Uh, don't seek for certainty. Uh, And just, I want to, that was, this is want to go back for two seconds here. So is it the case that it wasn't like your authoring not like there's an end result already in mind and be okay with the authoring of whatever that was. Was that what the, what the result uh, of what, whatever it's going to be? Is that what the, re- where the, the lack of where your resistance to it, like let go to, to be in, be okay with being in process. Is that what all that meant? Yeah. I, yeah. I get what you're saying now. I was a little lost there for a second, but I do get it. Yes. It was more like that life is a process, not an end state. Yeah. Um, and although it, you could say that I'm still settling into the realization that life is a process rather than an end state um, at a much deeper level and a more impactful level to all of my human beingness and soulness than it was then. But it was there may be answers, but and it's not like I'm to stop pursuing answers. It's just that uh, intuitionally being guided to find what's next is the game. Got it. To try to get like, rather than I want to get out of this fog so that I can just know what's there and and be done with this. It's no, this, it was settling into a life of having it be okay to be intuitionally guided and find my way with what's next to deal with, with this and what feels right to that. And how, how to, how to purposefully approach X. And um, am I going to decide on uh, blah, blah, blah. And and at the time uh, there was this uh, company that was asking me to stand up in front of groups of people and, and, and lead courses at the age of 19. And I mean, I I, I looked really young, even for 19 year old, I could have passed for 15. I could have passed for underage to drive. Um, And I was like, I don't, 
I, I, I didn't feel comfortable with that at all. And I didn't want to, it was super, super scary. And, um, uh, I, 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 to this day, I'm still not, I'm, I'm good up in front of a room of people, but it, it's not a homeostasis for me. It's not like I was really good from the, like, I, I, I it, it kind of tears my guts out to stand up in front of groups of people and talk. I'm, I'm mostly an introvert. Um, and, uh, and I had to get over tons of stuff to go in that direction, but, uh, all of it became possible when I started to let go of needing certainty and yeah. having to be that, uh, that even not having the certainty of that, I will win is okay. I can stand for things that I don't know that I'm sufficient for and, um, and find a way to be governed by that purpose. And it'll turn out how it turns out. Um, and most of the time it's turned out brilliantly. And every once in a while I, I, I get knocked on my ass too. I appreciate the, the clarity on that. You'd mentioned it earlier and I, I wanted to go back to it. And that's, it resonates con, uh, considerably for me. I'm, I'm in the process of just being in the question and seeing kind of how the unfolding is, uh, is going. So thank you on that. So if you look back at, at that uh, point in time, uh, is what you're doing right now with your life, is that, is that like what you had envisioned for yourself or had imagined something like what you're doing, or is this wildly different than what you were thinking uh, things would turn out? Uh, no, pretty wildly different than the way I thought things would turn out. Um, but I don't know that I ever, I, I, I started giving up needing things to look a particular way and just finding a way to um, uh, to be available for for what's wanted and needed and and listen uh, for guidance for what's next. I also have uh, my mom to thank for that. Uh, my mom started teaching me about uh, looking for um, uh, uh, guidance from a uh, divine mind, or you could say, uh, some people would say Holy spirit or, uh, uh what is, uh, what is a higher conscious, where does higher conscious thought come from? But, uh, but no, let's, I, let's, let's, let's define very quickly. When we say like higher conscious thought, why well, you are saying what specifically? Uh, well, I use it in a couple of different uh, contexts. One context I use it in is higher conscious thought is anything that's above the line, below the line. Um, hate is down here. Love is up here. There's a middle line somewhere along the way, like duty. And then uh, 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 the higher conscious thought are things that are uh, far above the line. Then lower conscious things are the things that are below the line. And there are things that are maybe a little bit neutral or straddling the line a little bit, depending on how you use them. Yep. Um, uh, but then I, when I say looking for uh, uh, guidance from higher conscious thought, I'm really talking about God. I'm talking about divine consciousness. I'm talking about uh, wisdom and intelligence that is not one's own, but yeah. belongs to the collective consciousness, belongs to the implicate order, belongs to, you know, I, I don't necessarily need to put it in a religious context, although that's yeah. largely how it lives for me. But that it could be, it could be the source of the source of inspiration for the great works of of art and the great works of you know of music. You know, it's like it, there's it's something coming through. They're tapped into something bigger than 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 their own personality or their own self. For sure, for sure. I, I'm still convinced that anything that I've ever said that's useful wasn't me talking. It was my speaking on behalf of something. I'm not yeah. going to say necessarily channeling. I know people who talk about being a channel for something that came through them. I don't know that I've experienced that very often, if at all. Um, So, but I do believe that we're always a conduit. Like, am I going to use the human experience for making something great around me? Am I creating something and contributing to the world around me? Or am I just trying to grab hold of something for myself and and, uh, consuming? Um, So I do believe that we're always empowering some version of consciousness and that we get to choose uh, what station we dial into for that. Um, but uh, I don't think you necessarily need to get all the way to what I've heard people talk about as being a, uh, a conduit for something in order to tap into intelligence and wisdom. That's not yours. Would you talk about like, 
flexibility and courage as uh, as like like ideas of of how like if people are seeking to to grow to change to risk uh and and you either in yourself and your in your past or just just like with with clients that you use would you talk about those two words uh flexibility and courage in the context of of this uh this this seeking and 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 moving towards whatever the vision you know is I've never had anybody ask me that question before, but I think they're ridiculously important. What if a human being really is nothing more than whatever concern or group of concerns they're allowing to use their behavior in this moment in the present right now? What if that's all a human being is? Uh, I'm not the things that I've done in the past. Uh, I'm not the things I will do in the future. I'm not the purposes that I live from. I'm not the future I've invented for myself. I'm whatever I'm allowing to use my behavior right now. That's who I am in a very real way. There's a lot of different ways to talk about who a human being is. And I use about a dozen, maybe more, 14, 15 different ways to talk about who a human being is, depending on the exercise, uh, the thinking exercise and what we're, what we're after. But a very real way to talk about a human being is that you, you, you're nothing, you're whatever you're allowing to use your behavior right now in this moment uh, as a matter of volition and choice. Or if you've absolved yourself of, 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 of choice, then you've chosen defaultly what's going to run your behavior. Uh, and, you're, and in my view, you're still at choice whether you like it or not, right. uh, consciously or unconsciously. You're still choosing. Um, and uh, in that way, you start to understand that it, that I'm, I'm nothing. And so when you talk flexibility, if I'm not a thing, if there's no way that I have to be, and I am at choice for anything about what I can create for myself, then there's this enormous flexibility. There's this enormous amount. The aptitude of a human being is extraordinarily elastic. What I can hold in my hands is really self-determined. Um, I can hold anything in my hands that I mean to hold in my hands. Um, I've watched people that had been in a, a, a 20 year uh, uh, death match with their brother or their sister or their mom of not going to speak to their person because they're, they're, they're for sure that that person doesn't need to be in their life. And all they're longing for is to have there be a relationship that works. And yep. the moment that they embrace, I'm going to have a relationship that works within almost minutes. They have one. Whereas for 20 years, it was impossible. And then moments later, now there is one. Well, right. where did that come from? All that came from was flexibility. They right. were just flexible. They just, I'm going to stop having it be important that my point of view is more is a superior point of view and start having it be that our relationship is more important. All of a sudden there's relationship. That's flexibility. And then courage. Courage is the willingness to step into a light that uh, you may be called to. Um, and you can see this happen. I like that. Talk, please say more. So you, you'll you'll see stuff like this happen every once in a while in normal settings where, uh, like at a uh, let's say at a, a family event, somebody just something clicks in their brain and they decide I'm not going to let this side of the family hate that side of the family anymore. And they decide to get two people to sit down and then there's hugging and crying and something is healed that was never healed before. And that person responded to something that 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 the, nobody was responding to. And then they're heralded as amazing. And that was inspirational. And um, how did you do that? 
Well, all that happened was that they were responding to they had the courage to step into the light of something that might not have been their own. The courage um, courage is, uh, is required oftentimes, almost every time, to step into a, a light that is not uh, not our own and respond to something that's wanted of us. Um, I, I did it. I remember um, uh, for me, uh, you know, you uh, you and I talked about uh, the book coming out. I think before we started the recording, but. Mm-hmm. That that was that was an answer to my community asking me over and over and over if I would have a larger voice than just whatever team of people I'm talking to today. And I kept on saying, nope, nope, nope. I don't have an Internet presence. I don't have uh, I'm not on social media. Uh, my message isn't a message for the world. My message is for whoever uh, finds their way to me and whoever I find my way to. And it's very small. And it's and for a while that was authentic and real. And after yeah. a while, it was me hiding from something. It was me mm. not wanting to answer the bell or not wanting there. And there, there was both being afraid of failure, but also being afraid of uh, falling egoically into something like, oh, well, uh, 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 chasing number of faces I can be in front of is important. And uh, no, it's not about chasing. It's, it's not about chasing anything. It's about uh, responding to a request from my community for influencing at another level than just whoever I talked to today. Um, and uh, and so a huge uh, amount of stuff was born out of that. Uh, uh, and all it really took was was courage. So I, when you talk courage and flexibility, I, I, I might argue, even though I've never really talked about it this way before you asked it, I might argue that courage and flexibility are the heart of everything or <laughs> uh, anything meaningful anyway. That's uh, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm glad I'm glad to give you some extra some extra ammo and some stuff to think about. Sure. How, what's the importance of like groups in uh, in your in your development? So you clearly you were you were supported. You weren't a lone wolf in your early in your in your early development. Uh, are you more of a kind of like a, a lone wolf right now, or are you still tapping into groups and support structures and and people that you're masterminding with? Like, what's what is uh, speak to that for a, a hot minute, if you wouldn't mind. Groups. Uh, one of the things that does groups are really good for is providing evidence. Um, and um, uh, there's oftentimes uh, having evidence for something it, uh, makes it so that even when uh, you when, when I struggle to get over something, uh, the, the, the overwhelming evidence that, that there is to get over that thing uh, 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 comes from a group of people. Mm. Um, so, um, is it like a borrowing of belief, you know, uh, in, in a group or what, what, what specifically? I mean, it could be borrowing of belief. Uh, it, it, it's more like, uh, you find the willingness to move in directions from the groups of people that you're involved with. Um, when you're involved in groups of people that, uh, you know, I'll use some extremes. So, so, so it's a little bit more obvious. Like, um, so for, for some kids that grow up into, uh, into sports and their, their access out of poverty was, was, was to get into sports. Um, and when those kids get into sports, oftentimes, um, they're, they, they don't want to shed the environment, the culture and the people that they were around in those impoverished areas or whatnot. And people that, uh, are around certain con the, 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 the conversation that they're in, or, you know, when you and I talk about the buoyancy of consciousness that they're in is quite low. 
and they feel like they're betraying something by removing themselves from that group, but they no longer resonate with that group because they get in the professional setting and they find brilliant people of sound conscious uh, sound consciousness that are meaning to carry on great enterprise in what they're doing in the, in, uh, uh, you know, hockey, basketball, football, and uh, um, many allow themselves to be drawn away from the, the lower conscious group and, and, and uh, uh, find themselves being okay in uh, raising themselves to another, to another space. Others don't, and they feel like they're betraying something of their past, and they're not willing to betray that. It crosses a line for them, and by virtue of staying in those the, those the, those things, they end up um, uh, 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 messing around in the wrong things, or shooting somebody, or being a part of a shooting, or um, uh, and it feels to them like being real or being true to a self that they're supposed to be true to. Um, when really all it is, is the, the conversational environment from the group um, that they that they stuck themselves in. So uh, I think groups are really, really, really important. I, I remember to give it a, a less visceral example is that I remember that I had to choose between two groups when I started the company uh, with my friends. I remember thinking the things that I want to develop next and the, the where I want to take uh, my development next. I don't think I can get it here in the company that we've designed. And I want to now mentor at another level with what it, what, what, how to make a difference uh, with people. And so uh, I, I, I left making really, really good money um, uh, to go make almost no money or live a little bit more like a monk in the spirit of where I wanted to be trained and developed and put myself in a conversational environment that was conducive for what I was kind of being drawn to and uh, intuitionally drawn to um, uh, for, for living my life. Um, and that was, and, and, and a lot of people told me I was nuts. What are you doing? That's crazy. Why would you do that? Um, all of my friends told me that I was crazy. That Why would you do that? Um, but uh, it was absolutely the right thing to do because it was where uh, it was. It was the environment in which I wanted to be mentored and grow um, uh, was was that environment. What's the biggest challenge you have right now? Because it, it, you've got so much that's dialed in. What is still the, you know, the, the big rock that you're working on? And if you don't have any, that's fine too. You can there's be like tons. There's tons. Um, is it personal? Is it business wise? Is it mindset wise? Is it connection wise? Like, what no, do you, what do you, no, business stuff is usually pretty simple. Once you've reverse engineered a bunch of things in business, you start to see, uh, you know, all any outcome can be reverse engineered in business. Um, it's more the, 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 there's a couple of challenges in front of me. One is to find a way to have it be really easy to develop people to be the author of their own limits. Okay. So it's essentially, it's essentially find, find a replicatable and easy way for, for a person to be able to have the experience that you had when you were willing to, when you were willing to like, like the, like the experience you had back in 19 that allowed that opened up the world for you and opened up your eventual path, or is it something different you're describing? Some, I mean, I mean the, the, yes, it's a little bit of that, but um, it's, it's an attempt to give away what my clients pay me for, which is to uh, allow for a, a purpose to use you so completely that uh, you can think from, engage in life from, um, even feel from that purpose is fulfillment. Like you can disappear and have a purpose be what manifests itself and like be the existence of something that matters coming to life. Um, I, I don't believe that I've mastered it, but I'm pretty good at it. 
Um, and, uh, it's mostly what people, what I would say people pay me for. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, other people in my life in, enjoy being around it too and, and, and what I can provide and stuff like that. But, uh, but, but, uh, it, if, if I can find a way to give that away, if I can find a way to give that away and I'm working on it in a couple, um, in a couple of executive groups and doing trainings around it. And, uh, we examine things like, um, uh, uh, outcome orientation, purpose orientation, higher conscious thought, um, uh, intuitional guidance and intuitional training. And, um, I have not cracked the code on here's what gets someone from here to here, uh, yet. So, uh, that's still, um, that's still like a, a shaky bridge that I feel like I'm just, you know, like a, uh, like a, uh, a, a bridge that's on like a, a swaying bridge that's on, on cables. Like a suspension bridge, a suspension bridge. It's on yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, and it feels rickety because the, every step you take makes everything move. Yeah. But if you go across one of those, that's over a hundred feet. It's like, <laughs> you feel like you're going to like, it doesn't like nothing's right. That's what that feels like. I feel like I'm 10 feet in on a 200 foot bridge and, uh, and, uh, and uh, I've, I've got a long, I've got a long ways to go, which maybe I can jump all the way across and maybe I've got to take little steps all the way across. Like I have been, I'm not sure yet, but that's the thing that I'm trying to feel my way toward is that. And, and, it, and just so, so I'm, I'm understanding it's the internal, the subjective realization of the release of whatever. And, and I think that maybe part of the deal is it's like, it's, it's a different, it can be a different impediment to the authorship for, for everybody. So it's not necessarily like a, like a universal, I just went through a process of, of letting something go that is allowing me to do this thing that you're describing in a significantly more, uh, you know, to a higher degree than I, than I'd ever done before. I don't know how the hell I would have ever even found this, you know, information five years ago or two years ago. So, um, but yeah, to, to be able to have some kind of, you know, replicatable, duplicatable way to allow somebody to step into their own brilliance, genius authorship of their own life is, I mean, that would be, that's incredible. I dude, I will play that game with you. That sounds, that, that sounds amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Last, uh, and, and let me know if I did, if I just spit a bunch of half thoughts at you. Did, am I, am I off track or we're talking about the same thing? No, we're talking about the same thing. Okay, great. So last question for you. If you were going to share something with someone uh, listening who's in the position to, they want to step into, uh, in, into a, uh, a different slash bigger slash more connected, uh, you know, like life more expressed of who and what they really are. Uh, but they're afraid and they don't know how to, they don't know how to get started. Like what would your advice to somebody like that? Who's listening to me? How old are they? Uh, let's, let's assume that they are, they are me, uh, about in circa 2012. So call it about 34 to 35 years old going like, something ain't right. You know, like there's something else that I, that, that, that I'm, you know, that I'm meant for to do or whatever. So let's, let's say we're talking to them. Okay. Gotcha. So seen a little success, done some good things, um, uh, dealt with some of the things that are at the, at the heart of being a human being and now discovering there may be more. Um, and how do I, and how do I approach those things? So uh, survey the landscape and gone, by every objective measure, I am a success and I should, and I should feel X, Y, and Z. And yet my experience of life is the opposite. There's something else going on. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I interact with people like that a lot um, in the, in the business community because people have been chasing the wrong thing. They think that uh, money and success is an, is an answer. And I guess society gives us that as, you know, this facade of, of, of what to go after in life is, you know, the right car, the right house, the right wife, the right look. And then, uh, and then you get there and, and, and you find out that it's, that it's morally bankrupt. Um, uh, it doesn't need to be morally bankrupt, by the way, um, right. having, having a great car, great house, uh, you know, uh, a wonderful family is uh, certainly a beginning. And, and, and maybe that bridge does need to be crossed for many, many people. Um, so uh, as you're, as you're beginning that journey, there's, there's a couple of, there's a couple of books that I would recommend um, if to anybody who's beginning that journey. And I'm not going to say that they have to end up in this place or that place or that kind of thing. But for me, I do believe that anybody who's confronting that existential crisis, like what the fuck you need to start answering the question, what's this for? Mm. Because at the bottom of it, if you're going to deal with life in a sourceful way, by sourceful, I mean at the heart of what matters, if you're going to be dealing with life in a sourceful way, then you should start dealing with, well, what do we really think this is for? And if you think that it's for amassing wealth and maybe like amassing, let's say that you want 10 generation wealth, you're going to set up your family for the next 10 generations. Okay. Well, that's an easy enough game to win, go win the game. And then what? Was that really what the what life was for? And if it was, then good. If that's what life was for, for you, then fine. Most people find that that's not what it was for. And then you start having to ask yourself the question, well, what is it for? And what game should I be playing? And I don't really want to answer that question for people. I think, Tom, yours and my answer to that question are very similar, if not identical. Um, but I would want somebody to start to answer that question for themselves. And I'd give them the book. Uh, many lives, many masters. This was a book that was given to me when I was uh, uh, a young teenager, um, uh, 13, 14 years old. And uh, you either have to take the point of view that Brian Weiss made the whole thing up and he's lying, or if he's not, then holy shit. Right. Okay. Something going on. That's something. Um, and I took the point of view, uh, you know, I, I wanted to just say he made it up to sell books. But there was enough other evidence, and I did a little bit of other research, and he, I, I really don't think he was lying. I think that this happened. So if that happened, um, and it's, it's, it's a book that's basically transcribing what it was to be a doctor and a psychiatrist working with somebody on behavioral issues and what actually led to those behavioral issues getting better. And he was shocked, at least according to his memoirs. He, was, he couldn't believe what was going on in these sessions with this, with this person. Um, and uh, and it, it, it started to inform a lot of my young thinking about, well, what is this really for? Um, yeah. And if you get a good answer to the question, what is this for, other than just set up generations of wealth for nothing but ants, and uh, there is no consciousness, there's no such thing as the soul, there's no such thing as 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 an existence beyond this and uh you're just a human being and then you're nothing and you know uh that's all that that's all it is and nothing mattered okay if, if you end up there and that, that i know people who believe that and that's cool if you end up there then that'll inform the depth of what you're willing to interact with about life in a large degree and if you're not there if you see that there's something else going on like perhaps this is a playing field for something else 
if you're engaged in that way, then you start to curb your life toward other things. Um, I know people that um, when they started to answer that question, by the way, not necessarily from reading that book, that book is just what led me down that tunnel. There's probably 65 million other books that lead down that tunnel. That's the one that did it for me. Um, uh, uh, But I know other people that uh, a friend of mine, who does some amazing work in businesses, but also with individuals. Um, uh, He decided that he was going to uh, own nothing other than what he could put on his motorcycle. And uh, he's going to have his life be nothing about contribution to others. And anytime he starts to amass anything for him, it's a betrayal of the practice of him living for a difference being made rather than for anything else. And so he he has his whole life be ordered and everybody kind of, Finds this way, and I know other people, uh, uh, friends of yours and mine, that um, uh, that uh, uh, they use um, uh, uh, psychedelics to put themselves in states where they are 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 deeply connected to profound states of existence beyond this one, and that and, that, and then it, it, yep. it, then they come back and and it guides them, giving away a huge amount of money to charity and blah blah blah, and then you know go, I'm, I'm going to go just enjoy uh, sunsets and beaches and be with people and and as deep away as I can. Everybody, you know, people start to answer that question for themselves and however they can answer that question for themselves. For me, I, I do believe that we're here to learn. I, I think that we're that, that that not. And by the way, not the human being. I don't think Zan's yeah. learning things is, is very important. Um, but uh, my soul being taught things, I think, is important. Now, that's just me. That's the answers I've come up with is. Um, uh, uh, that uh, that I'm here for that. And sure, if I can be available for helping other people and teaching other people, making a difference, while it looks like that what I'm doing is I think my life is about making a difference, that's true. I actually also think that that's how I'm teaching my soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very selfish practice of giving to people because you, right. you're, you're essentially getting to learn, which is amazing. Yes. So. <clears throat> well, that, that goes back to the very, very old, uh, you know, nobody does anything without a payoff and doing amazing work and fe- and doing work that is deeply impactful uh, and, and reaches so many people is ultimately it's a fulfilling, you know, action. And it's OK to, for, for people to engage in fulfilling actions, you know, um, <laughs> if you're going to you're going to have an experience one way or the other. You may as well have a good one. Totally. And more and more and more, I believe that the free market is becoming more and more bent in directions where the higher differences being made or being compensated for those differences. What would it be like if society stopped being a trick that what you're to pursue is money, but what you're to pursue is the highest difference being made and that money is a byproduct of the biggest, the bigger difference being made? Yeah. That's, those are fun games to uh, to imagine and play. Yeah. Uh, Z, thank you so much for spending some time with us here uh, today. Uh, I would love to reconnect and let's have those epistemological and ontological uh, conversations. I'm going to Google both those words, make sure I know what they mean before we get together. But let's uh, let's let's deep dive into the crazy, uh, you know, uh, nerdy stuff. So thank you so much. How can anybody uh, reach or connect uh, you know, with you uh, who's listening, who'd want to? The, the website's easy, zanzibarenterprises.com. Zanzibar, that's my name. It's just like the island off the coast of Africa. Zanzibarenterprises.com is uh, is where you can find a bunch of videos of me talking about business for a minute at a time. Um, and uh, and uh, if, uh, if you wanted to reach out or rap about something, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thanks, Z. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, bud. 
All right, this has been another episode of the Intentional Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember to leave a five-star review if you found this content of value. And as always, I'm your host, Tom Ross, Master Practitioner of the Advanced Rapid Enlightenment Process and Rapid Enlightenment Process developed by Matthew Ferry. You can reach me at Tom at TomRossTalks.com and the website to engage and be a part of any classes, trainings, or sessions I have going on is www.TomRossTalks.com. Until next time, peace.